0: So 3 of the Irish Soccer Podcast uh, joined by regular contributor Keen Johnson and delighted to be joined by Daniel Hussey from Tackland Sport and Pundit Arena um, Not the greatest week for the Republic of Ireland I suppose um, Our last episode was before the Luxembourg game in Hope and that didn't go too well and tonight won all against uh, Qatar and I suppose before we get in and look at the game, um, Daniel coming to you first, what you make of performance tonight?
1: I thought there were a few positives like um, to be honest going into the game I was very very nervous so I, I don't think I've been as nervous for an international friendly because w- when everyone's saying we hit rock bottom against Luxembourg I was like if we lose to Qatar here like uh, half the country not even watching the game just felt like you know and they'd see the result so I was very very nervous as someone that would be a supporter Stephen Kenny and what he's trying to do so when he when we got the goal, then I was like, Happy days, happy days. Can't see us losing from here. The gives away a penalty and I'm straight away and it gets overturned, even though they don't have VAR. So then you have eight Qatar lads surrounding the referee. So now all of a sudden, I'm massively against Qatar and really want us to beat them. And to be, I thought first half we were really, really good. Second half, we got hit with a sucker punch of the goal and. Yeah. It just felt like kevin doyle made the point at the end of the game there that because of you know a lot of substitutions you know there's only a few days to the Premier League games and championship games for a lot of the players it just felt like second half it was you know it's hard to maybe look at it as, as well as the first half but we were poor for long spells in the second half until maybe that last 10-15 minutes when we kind of passed the ball around had those few chances and could have nicked it at the end so I'd be more positive, you know, one-all against Qatar doesn't sound great, but, like, if Qatar were actually in our group, they would be top of our our joint, top with Portugal and Serbia. So, they're not the worst side in the world.
2: So, yeah, more positive than Luxembourg, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And what do you think of yourself, Cain? Same as as Daniel there. Like, um, I suppose it would have been nice just for something to take from this international break, just to get a win, just to get up and running, because... The narrative of uh, 11 games now without a win under Stephen Kenny is going to keep rolling now for another five months until the next international break but um like it was a lot of changes uh to the team like a lot of the experienced players came back in like Shane Long uh Duffy like it would have been easy for them lads you know to mind themselves for, for club football coming up but they were they were on the plane they wanted to play Um they wouldn't have been happy with being left out for the, the important games but um yeah, like we played well in spells. I suppose there was a bit of a lull in the game in the second half, There wasn't a lot happening. But um, like on the balance of play, maybe we could have nicked it at the end. But uh, a draw was probably a fair result. And as Daniel said, there Qatar had actually got two uh, decent results in their previous two games. So um, it wasn't the worst result in the world, but a win would have been nice.
0: Yeah, I suppose it would have been great to end to. 11 games without a win under Stephen Kenny. But I suppose before we get into the game, I suppose if you're from the Republic of Ireland after the Luxembourg game on Saturday, Twitter was just a terrible place to be. I think there's a lot of Irish fans that are delusional at the moment, Daniel. Like when you look at the team, like majority of our players aren't playing um, for their clubs. And players we have out injured as well, like Stephen Kenny's had no luck and like, the brand of football we're playing at the minute, it's changed to the usual hoofing it up and hoping for the best, like, and really pe- people need to give Stephen Kenny time and be patient.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I've been kind of banging that drum recently and look, well, I'll be honest, on paper it was probably the worst competitive result on Saturday than any Irish team has had, losing to a team ranked 98 in the world, but... Like, I don't think we have a divine right to beat the likes of Luxembourg George at the moment with the players that we have, um, and particularly now that Stephen Kenny is going to try and bring in some young players. Now, I know because of Randolph's injury, Bazunu is in and Travers is there, but he's only 19. He only turned 19 last month, so he's going to be 19 for the next year. Um, like, the likes of Darrell Shea, um, who I actually thought had an excellent game tonight, um, and he's suited a lot better to that left centre back role. And, We were just talking off air before we came on there and I think John Egan's a massive loss for this team because we're finally playing that back five and by the looks of it tonight I think he's going to keep with that system for the time being at the moment and I think John Egan in that centre, back Shea in the left centre and Coleman in the right centre and suddenly you have a bit of a platform to start building with a half decent passing uh, centre backs while also well able to defend. I think they have the balance right. So. I'm preaching patience here, it is hard to justify when people say, and it's fair enough, people are entitled to their opinions, like no win in 11 games isn't good enough, Um, but there are, taking out context, but there are circumstances here, like obviously everyone knows the COVID cases over the last few months, and he's finally almost has a settled squad now, and like I said, John Egan's missing, who I think is probably as critical a player now if you're playing that back five as, as anyone, so... I would preach patience here. Like we've got, I think it's Hungary and Andorra. I don't think they're quite confirmed yet in June. And we are saying there? it just feels like they're just hungry is a great game we get to have team, you know, exactly the same as us really good way to test ourselves and we've thrown in Andorra to get Kenny's first win. And, I, and I'm all for it as well, to be honest with you. So if we don't beat Andorra, then <laughs> we're in massive trouble. It, it, it's just the way it, the group's gone. We don't have a sixth seed in their group. So Luxembourg, we're, or Luxembourg, we're fourth seeds actually. Azerbaijan were we're fifth. Look, I, I would preach patience here, it's a young squad Kenny's trying to do, like me personally, I would have no problem leaving it to Kenny to the to the end of the Euro 2024 campaign I know other people won't see it like that so he does need to get a result to keep it going uh, but for me personally, I'm happy for him because we've sat through so many Manager saying we're not good enough and maybe we're not like the best team in the world but like the likes of George and Luxembourg play good football. So there's no reason why we can't bring in a style. And it just feels like we're years behind some nations because of the style of play that we've played, and albeit we got to the Euro 2016. But outside of that and Euro 2012, we've done nothing since 2002. So I would preach patience. Um, he hasn't had the best of luck with injuries. He hasn't had the best of luck with just the way all the fixtures have gone. You know, he had that Slovakia game to start. But yeah, for me personally, I would be sticking with him 100%.
0: Yeah, it'd be along the similar lines, Keenan and like last week we were only talking to Shane Dawson about this. Like it's much more enjoyable to watch Ireland and like Daniel's saying there, this is gonna really take time.
2: Yeah, it is definitely. Um like I, I think, yeah, I agree with what you're saying, and but I like I think just the quality in the team is just not there. Like like compared to the quality that we've had. Like, I mean, like we have no divine right to beat Luxembourg. Like there's this uh, just because we played well against like Serbia, there was this kind of narrative that okay, we, we can beat Luxembourg at home. Should we be Luxembourg? Of course we should, but like you don't nothing gets handed to you at top level sport. Um like you know, if if you look at the Irish squad, like I, I make it out that there's about twelve players playing in the, the Premier League. So if you look, Sheffield United will be relegated this year. So that's John Egan and and Stevens gone. So you're down to nine. West Brom will also be relegated. That's Darrell Shea and Adam Robinson gone. You're down to seven. Probably the, the next place is Fulham, Brighton, Newcastle. Just say, for example, it's Newcastle. That's probably Clark and Hendrick gone. So you're down to five. Our, our other two best players, are two right backs, uh, Seamus Coleman is 32. Uh, he's not going to be around forever. Matt Oterley has had a torrid time since the event to Spurs. Like, the quality just isn't there. Um, like Robbie Keane has scored six, 68 international goals. Like he's tied fifth with Gerd Muller. Um, with, in UEFA, listen. Like, when is the next player going to score 68 goals for Ireland? Like our top scorer tonight was Kieran Clark with two. Um, like the quality just isn't there. And like people just need to be patient. If you just look at the age profile of some of the players um, that were playing tonight, like if you look at the spine of any good football team, it's you need a, a serious uh, experienced player on every line of the field. Like you think of club football, like the Chelsea teams, you had Czech Terry Lampard, Drogba. Um, City, you had a uh, Hart, Company, Yaya Toure, Aguero. You think of the German World Cup team, you had Neuer, Hummels, Schweinsteiger, Muller. Like I know, I'm I'm listing off the best teams in the world there. But like, if you look at our spine the other night, you had uh, Bazon on goal, who's his debut. You had Darrow Shea center back. I think he has six caps, young man. You had Jason Knight, he's four caps, another young man. Up front, you have Collins. Granted, he's thirty, but he only has eight international caps. Like if you compare that to our other teams, you would have had Shea, given Richard Dunn, uh, Glenn Whelan, Robbie Keane. They were all established um, Premier League players. So like people need to just um, understand that the quality just isn't there at the minute, and it is going to take time.
1: Just on just on that point, um, like saying all that, Aaron Connolly gets that penalty at one 0 against Serbia. We go two one up. And if James Collins scores that goal against Luxembourg, we go one nil. You know, so it's not it's not like Kenny's like they're like with the players he has. I think he's doing okay. I do think he's doing okay, and it's got to take time. Like we've in our last twenty nine competitive games, this is going into the O'Neill era. We've only won five. So like, and they were against two against Gibraltar, uh, Georgia, and Moldova, including that. So we're a million miles away from where we need to be. But I think we just got to be patient, kind of weather the storm here and. Kind of back back the manager because at least he's trying to get us to some sort of system that will eventually see us start playing a bit of football. And it, when the likes of Darragh Shea who's 22 now, he'll be 20, 25, 26 when the Euros come around, you know. So, I I'd be I'd be similar. Like we, we what he's got at the moment, yeah, it's it's hard to justify zero wins in 11, but with all those COVID cases, there's a lot of excuses. Uh, I think hopefully with those June games, but yeah, we we've got to preach patience because what's the point? What's the alternative? Big Sam, Tony Pulis, like, that's honestly, there's, I don't see a, like, like, uh, Kenny's not without criticism. Like, I'll be honest with you. He, I thought he made a mess of the substitutions um, against Luxembourg, to be honest with you. I thought Troy Parrott should have come on sooner. A few other kind of examples like that. So it's not, he's not for me without to be just not criticized, but I definitely think that there needs to be a lot more patient. And I just think there's a huge overreaction to that
2: defeat on um, Saturday. Yeah. Like, like people are calling for him to be sacked, but, like, that's an easy thing just to roll off the tongue, like, go oh, sack the manager. But, like, why you would say it to them people, is like, what would you do then? Like, where where do you go then? Like, we've been through, like, pragmatic counter-attacking managers who tried to nick results, and we complained about it for years. And now we're trying to move away from that, and people want to jump ship already. Like, I mean, Stephen Kenny was given the job on merit. Like, he wasn't, his name wasn't plucked out of a hat. Like, I mean, he was, he had a, he done um extremely well in the League of Ireland with the Irish 21s. Like if you look at our last um our last eight debutants, uh, like Bazuna, Ryan Manning, Jason Knight, Adam Eda, Darrow Shea, Malumbi, uh, Troy Parr, and Conley, like they all have an average age of around 20. Like I I don't think there's any better man to try and guide them tr- uh, through the team that, than Stephen Kenny. Um and like the FBI have to take a look at themselves as well. Like the, um like results like that were coming for a long time and and they they will continue to come unless we do something about it. Um, like as Brian Kurt was saying, like they've they left the responsibility of developing players on the doorstep of League of Ireland clubs, who just don't have the facilities or they don't have the money to pay coaches. Like um, I know I put with with tweet there, like definitely the you're fifty million in debt, but they are bidding to host the World Cup. Like how about developing our own players? Like like so, so, just say FIFA say in the morning Ireland can host World Cup games. Like uh, they are going to have to spend money on stadiums and security and all the things that go with hosting a World Cup. But like. Surely to God, if there's money there, it should be going into League of Ireland clubs, the grassroots, coaches, uh, and developing our own game.
0: Yeah, like you're spot on there, like and Daniel, it's it's a huge issue as well because like we know the issues that have went on in the FAI and like Keen mentions there about player development, like we're talking about the Darrowshays and I suppose the, the age around that category is. oldest there is about 22 and I think Alan Brown's then the next oldest around 28 so like there's five or six years there of players that we just don't have and like if the player development was there and our structures were right we should be having more players in between them ages coming through.
1: Yeah exactly and I just think that like Gavin Vazuda is a good example so what we've kind of gone away from the last couple of years because all the way through schoolboy clubs developed our players and now there's a little bit more of a league of ireland style with the, you know the introductions of the underage league of ireland structures which i think are a brilliant idea and to be honest with you um, and just reading a few um, articles this week it just seems that no one in europe had that system where schoolboy clubs were giving their national teams players it was the, their league the, their national league and for us that was the league of ireland so it's almost like it was working for whatever way so we just kept it and now it seems we're finally doing that you know so Bazunu obviously started as shamrock rovers and now yeah. he's Manchester City on loan at Rochdale and to be honest with you tonight I just want to mention I thought he was I know he he actually had you know he looked at the like that he probably had a few dodgy moments got away with a couple of things I'm not he could have conceded three or whatever but I just loved his confidence he'd give the ball away and he would just straight on it just nothing phases him and like I said he's 19 but he's an example of players that are going to start coming through hopefully because of that change of system but again that's like five or six years down the line like you know the usual stuff like dara obviously went to he went to, i think he left for england at 16 uh, and joined the west Brom academy and now he's he's 22 now so it's taken him six years and he had to he went to hereford in, in non-league and exeter so he's kind of booked the trend there rather than a really good irish system that's brought him through so we're kind of lucky in a way that someone like dara has come to us and at that left centre-back role, if we do stick with this, the back five, I think he will be a big part of that um, team set up in that left centre-back role. But yeah, so the, the players we, we're having, like you said, the younger players, they're almost like booking the trends and the likes of Gavin Bazuno is something that we actually, some a player we actually developed ourselves that went through Shamrock Rovers and we, we got €500,000 uh, from. So those kind of players are going to take a few years to come. We don't have any players in that, like you said, just a handful of players between maybe 22 and 28, so yeah, that's, it's a worry, it's a massive worry. So we got to get the Lysotaro shade to 25 or 26 as quick as possible, which obviously is impossible to do. So yeah, I, I'd be concerned on that. Like there is that gap. So what we're, we're left with, you know, someone like John Egan has to kind of lead, lead that team. I think he's 28, um, and a few of those other players. But it is a massive worry that there's too big a gap between the young players coming through. Like these players are still all under 21 players. Bazunu, um, O'Shea, maybe just older, although he could still be qualified, I'm not 100% sure. Um, Malumbi is, Jason Knight is, Troy Parrott is. And they're all playing tonight and they've all played, contributed over the last couple of games. And to be honest with you, they're all, can make an argument that those five players can nearly be in the starting team. And that's, a, that's half our under a 21 team. So they're just too young. But we've got to play them because if we don't play them, we're going to be left in a situation where someone like John Egan has only got 12 international caps. And that's, that's an indictment on the management of Martin O'Neill not to bring him sooner. And he only brought him in once he, as far as I remember, said he got into the Premier League of Sheffield United. So he should have been brought in a couple of years previous to that. And we'll end up with those, a player like John Egan, only 12 international caps. So we've got to get these players experienced because that's the only way they're going to learn as quick as possible.
0: Yeah, and like, Keen, even like the smaller countries, like they've got their structures in place, I suppose. If we're, if we're trying to make relevance to a country, it's Iceland. Like they, like... They have a very small population, but they have got their house in order.
2: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like I mean, Ireland is a country with a population of under five million, and like soccer is not the number one sport in this country. Like um, GA, like there's a GA club at the heart of every community. Rugby is absolutely huge in Ireland as well. So like the players are being pulled in every direction when they're young, and we're losing a lot of players. So we like we need to be making the most of everything we have and. We are just not like um I think like anyone that read champagne football will tell you the problems that are, are going on there. But um yeah, it is like when you look at Iceland competing at major tournaments and their population and then you look at us and, and what we're doing, it, it would make you frustrated. But like we just need we just need a root and branch analysis of of what's going on um from the bottom uh the bottom up. Um there's just not enough not enough players coming through. Um like Stephen Kenny has done great work with twenty ones and that's why he's the man to bring them through but like what's going on under that like I know, I know Stephen Kenny when he came in he the first thing he wanted was that all the underage setups in Ireland play the same type of football so they come through uh so that when they come into the senior team they know what they're doing but um I was just worried for like how many quality coaches are out there and what is going on in these uh League of Ireland clubs to, to try and get, get players through to, and up to the level to maybe move across England or, or play, play internationally for Ireland
0: yeah, it's, it's like hard to know. Do all these coaches really have to license? And like, if we look back at the team, Daniel, there's been a lot of chopping and changing with the striker. And I suppose we're desperately crying out for one, but I think we need to be consistent. And whoever is striker, give him time and give him a run of games because it was long tonight. James Collins last week, Callum Robinson's played in position Aaron Connolly, like just seemed very unsure at the minute. Yeah, I
1: agree with you there. And the most frustrating thing is, I think for at least the first half, I thought Shane Long was excellent, and I was there thinking, "Geez, could have done with him against Luxembourg." And then I'm like, "Wait, he's 34. Geez, you can't be, you can't be relying on him." And but he, what he was, really, really good. Um, like James Collins is what he is. Like he plays for Luton Town. So, like, and um, actually, I heard Ken early on second captains make the point. He goes, James Collins. I think he did an interview and he said it was like an embarrassing defeat to Luxembourg, and the opposing striker plays for Dynamo Kiev. So like you play for Luton Town, so it, was, it wasn't just like fans overreacting; it was almost the players overreacting. Like I don't, I think we went into the game thinking we had a divine right to beat Luxembourg inside the camp and outside the camp. But anyway, um, yeah, he's thirty; like he's not the answer. Like I, I love Troy Parrott, but he's too young. He's not quite doing it at club level yet. He's only nineteen. So again, it's with this situation. If we were five years down the line here, you know, Troy Parrott would be perfect. I think he had, and I thought at times what he held the ball up well. Uh, tonight, he wasn't his best night when he came on as a sub, but I did think he kind of he could play that number nine role. I know he's played in other positions before. But where do you go? Like, like it's James Collins, Shane Long, or Troy Paris. Callum Robinson could play up there. After that, we're struggling. And it goes back to we just, we don't have, we're getting punished for what ha- what's happened 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago by the FAI here. I do think there's better structures in place now that in five years' time, we'll have a better Irish team 100%. Just look at the under 21 team. And as I mentioned, those five players, Bazuna's 19, O'Shea's 22, Malumbi's 21, Knights 20, Parents 19, those players in five years will have a nucleus of a really, really good team. But right now, we just you can't just get players from thin air. And we're coming up against countries that any country that half has their stuff in order will have a better will have a better you kind of nucleus of a team. They might not have the you know the, the name of our republic of ireland like oh we went to italian 90 and we went to 2002 when saipan happened and if roy Keane didn't leave we would have won the world cup that year i just feel like we're going around with that kind of attitude and we're just we didn't we didn't have our shit together and what's happened is we're getting rightly punished for it um I, I do think we have to stick with Stephen Ken here because he knows those players from the under twenty ones. Keith Andrews knows those players from the under twenty ones. Anthony Barry, I know he's been brought in, don't know much, didn't know much about him before, but he kind of he it was apparently his um, little link up for the goal, that corner goal. So there seems to be a good kind of coaching structure there. The player seems to enjoy it. We've got a really good captain, James Coleman. I know he's thirty two, but yeah, we we've got to we've got to stick to him. But again, we're just getting punished for years of neglect by the FAI and as Champagne Football kind of reveals what was going on and as I mentioned at the top of the show I do think the structures we have now there is a couple of there's a few underage League of Ireland uh, structures they need to um, stay and if anything they need to maybe keep at them maybe have one at every age potentially um, I know Shamrock Rovers are building a really good academy we almost need a Shamrock Rovers as well we probably need like a Shamrock Rovers to dominate and produce really good players and I know that won't be the best thing in the world for the competitiveness of the League of Ireland but I think it might let, get more young players who want to play for a, a Shamrock Rovers Academy. And from there, then they can move to England and the club gets rewarded like a bazoon of €500,000. That's massive money that wasn't being given before. So,
0: Yeah, some, some great points there. And Cian, I know for you as well, the formation, um, it has interest you. What have you made? Do you think it's the right direction to go?
2: Um, I'm not sure to be honest um, it, it just it is interesting because like Stephen Kenny's best teams at Dundalk and Derry were a back four his first few teams um, his first few team selection with Ireland was a back four and then we see the back three then at Serbia for the first time but like I just think with a 3-5-2 like you need 70-80% possession or you're going to be vulnerable because with the way our wing backs are asked to play they're so high and when we, lo- when we lose the ball we're so open at the back like uh, Thomas Tuchel has kind of brought that formation to Chelsea and granted he plays a front three rather than a front two but it's still a back three with wing backs but like they're they're getting that 70% possession and like the old saying goes like if you have the ball the other team can't score like Chelsea are keeping other teams away from their box like they're not getting many shots on target but like we're not having that 70% possession like the gaps between our players when we lose the ball are just so big and like, like if you take a screenshot from where that Luxembourg goalie kicked it long from there's an angle from behind the goal and if you take a screenshot out, the guard back three is so far away from our our front players. Like, th- they have to be just squeezing up the pitch there. Like, I know the ball popped up nicely for Rodriguez and it was a good finish. Um, And it was actually, it was raining there and people might not notice that. And once that ball hit the ground, it, it was gone. But, um, like, just in general play, like, all our passes seem to be 15, 20 yards against Luxembourg. Like, you think of all the great teams that play possession football, like Spain, Barcelona, whatever, Guardiola teams. Like... They're all five, 10 yard short passes, and you're taking out the risks, the risk there. Um like there's a documentary, uh, take the ball, pass the ball about Barcelona, and like Xavi, Nessa, obviously the master that and they were saying like the shorter the pass the better because there's no there's no risk of, of being intercepted. And the thing with that is as well, is if you're close together, when you lose the ball, then you can you have numbers then to go pinch it back. But like against Luxembourg, like Doherty was losing the ball, Stephen was losing the ball, and then like there was just oceans of space for Luxembourg to play through. And look, no disrespect, like, Luxembourg beat us, but that's Luxembourg. Like, if we go to Portugal with that formation and start giving the ball away, like, it, I mean, it's scary what, what Jota, Ronaldo, Yo Felix will do to us. But, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Is it a back two? He seems to like this back three now, but um, m- maybe it might be beneficial to, to go back to the back four. I'm not sure what Daniel thinks, but...
1: Yeah, I was surprised as well. He went with the back five because I was expecting it. I thought the players were there for him in October, November to play pretty much what what I named there in terms of you had you'd have had Sean Egan you probably would have had to drop Duffy although that probably wasn't an option at the time. So he we went with the back four and then against Serbia. Yeah it caught me a bit by surprise and uh Daro Shea like everyone's like oh he's played all the positions in the back five he's never played the middle position centre back of a back five which is you know completely different to a left centre back or a right centre back. He's played left centre back and right centre back for um West Brom both in a back four and a back five he's played right back and left back as far as I know, he hasn't played wing back, but he hasn't played that centre back role. So he was like having to lead against Kieran Clark, left centre back, who's had a terrible season at the club, just in terms of Newcastle's form, more than him personally. So his confidence was shot, and Seamus Coleman, who hadn't played right centre back, as far as I know, again. So it would, it just took me by surprise because I didn't think the personnel were there at the back. I know he kind of was limited of options near the front, and I and I did think he'd revert back to the back four for uh, uh, the Luxembourg game and I was surprised again that he didn't do it tonight I guess tonight's probably more understandable given the players he wanted to play maybe Um, but like Duffy in that centre role it's just like he, he didn't do terrible tonight but you're always been nervous when he was on the ball I felt like Bazuna was like a million miles ahead of him ahead of Duffy which is and really not great because like I just it's just Duffy hasn't been brought up to play that way as a kid or even at any of the clubs he's been at where Bazunu is kind of be drilled into him to pass, 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 where Duffy just looked a bit lost when he had the ball and looked a lot more comfortable when he didn't have the ball and got Bazzuno out of jail a couple of times. So it's an interesting dynamic there. But I'd be, look, if John Egan comes back, I would be willing to give the back five another shot. Um, I do kind of like, I know, again, Damien Delaney kind of ripped the back five a new one on Virgin Media, kind of saying, similar to points what Keane's making in terms of, you know, your, your the opposition just let the right wing back have it and let him come inside, and suddenly, you're, where do you go? You're too far away from anyone. Players are kind of wrong. It's just a mess, and the best teams, like, like you said, 2 shall 70% possession for Chelsea, a lot easier. Conte, Chelsea were dominating possession as well, and other than that, you don't really see that many teams with back fives having great success, and a great point that Damien Delaney made also was that, you know, Sheffield United had the back five last year, and teams just figured them out, really. I know they played a little bit differently, so... Yeah, i I'd be kind. I'm not sure really what he should do. If Johnny Ean's back, I think he will stick with the back five and he'll do that back three and maybe Doherty and Enda Stevens. But yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I was surprised he went he went there because it seemed like he was sticking to his guns with the back 4 didn't it? And then it just because of the personnel against Serbia. And I wouldn't mind. I thought we played well against Serbia. And again, not to harp on about it. If Aaron Connolly got that penalty at one all, we scored two one, we're gonna get at least a draw. You know so. It, just, it felt like Serbia figured us out, though, with that back five. I think they were a bit surprised by us playing a back five at the start and then wore us down, wore us down eventually. But, yeah, he's got big decisions to make. And this is where I'm having I'm no problem anyone criticizing Kenny and if he gets the formation wrong here. So, like, if he... If he goes with that back five, he, he, we've got to nail it. Like He's got to get the personnel spot on. Like I said, Darragh needs to be playing in the right position. Um, and same with Johnny Egan, same with Seamus Coma. But it'll be very interesting to see what he does now. And those training camps, those couple of games we have, that's going to be how he's going to play against an Andorra. Surely he's going to go to back four against Anand Andorra, for example. You'd assume. And then what, what will he do against Hungary, who are similar to us? And then we're all building up to that Portugal game, who are one of the top tier nations in Europe. So, how are we going to play against one of the best teams? Which I'm sure I remember listening to Kenny interview maybe last year, and he was always like, We're going to try and play against any team we come up against. Now, surely there's a small bit of naivety in that we can't just turn up against Portugal and try and get 40-50% possession because we won't. So yeah, there'd be very interesting times ahead. And I'm more looking forward to June than I'm dreading the Portugal game to be honest. But I am looking forward to the training camp and seeing what he does. Yeah, he's got some massive decisions to make in terms of. How does he get the absolute best
2: out of the players we have at the moment, given the personalities he has? Yeah. And just j- sorry, Paul, j- just going back to Luxembourg game like with the, the kind of back three with wing backs, like it seemed like Luxembourg were setting traps. Like, I think they identified Kieran Clark as the weakness uh, on the ball. And like I, I don't know how many times he, he gave it away. I'm not picking on him, but uh, like he, it seemed that like he just, they were le- leaving him on it. And they were like saying, right, if you want to give it to Stevens, you can, and we'll get there. And then Stevens, the ball would come to Stevens, and he was closed down straight away. But like, that's going back to you need, um, you need players who are good on the ball to play this system. But e- even on the Luxembourg game, like, like t- technical mistakes will happen. Like, you can you can watch the Premier League this weekend and the best players will make mistakes. Like, the Brian will over hit the cross. Like, Phil Foden will miscontrol the ball. But I, I think against Luxembourg, like, just the basic fundamentals of top-level football. Like, you have to run, you have to tackle, you have to close people down. Like, you can talk about styles of play and um, formations... All these things, all them things. But like, if if you're not if you're not doing the basics like that, uh, you're at a disadvantage straight away. Like, it, it like none of them things require any talent. Like, it's it's up to you whether you want to go the extra mile to burst, to go to help out a teammate, and um, to make the recovery run. Um Joe, without addressing the tactical or technical side of it, um, I, I just think we were lacking some of the basic basic fundamentals, which is really disappointing uh, against Luxembourg. Yeah, just last thing on that Luxembourg
1: game, I did think Kenny got it wrong with the lineup, like you said, Luxembourg figured us out because they saw the Serbia game, they guessed we were going to do a back five and like Ian said, they they let Kieran Clark have the ball, who gave the ball away, trying to pick out Andy Stevens, who incidentally also his confidence is shot as well, so It was just a mess and it just felt like the players, once things weren't working the way they thought it was going to work, the Kenny management had decided, then the panic stations went in and people were hiding on the pitch and there was no, like you said, the space of running and tackling, you don't need any tactics for that, but it all came from Luxembourg figuring us out early and to be honest, Kenny really should have gone back to the back four either at halftime, 60 minutes in, 75 minutes in, 84 minutes in before the goal, so that's where I personally would have a problem with him. What he and like, would he go back to the back four or back five? It's hard. It's hard to know.
0: Yeah, and like, Keen and um, Daniel mentioned their first goal there. Um, it was a well worked move. Like we were on the front foot for the first few minutes. At the start, like Jeff Hendrick gave a great ball to Shane Long, and he probably does need to do better with the cross. But like, the first goal is a well worked move as well. Like it looked like something that was done on the training ground.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And it, it was a very good start because, like, um, with the, the result and the week that was gone, a good start was, was crucial because if if the first few minutes had gone bad, you know, who knows what could have happened after that. But, yeah, 100% right. Like, um that, that was a lovely ball from Hendrik. It was kind of a, a disguised one where he kind of opened out his body and then turned it at the last second. And I suppose that, that's the stuff we need uh, if we're going to play attacking football. Like, you need them players who can, who can look one way and, and pass another. Um, uh, for Shane Long, and I think Robbie Brady had a w- went close just for the corner. That was the goal, and yeah, um, as you said, the goal it looked like it was straight off the training ground. There was a nice, uh, a, a nice run out, and Duffy blocked uh, James McLean's man, and he just came round. on Luke the granted there was a, a deflection, but you could see the, the reaction from the the Ireland bench and how happy they were. It was definitely something that something that came straight from the training ground, and I suppose there is there is great satisfaction that when you Spend so much time working on something when it comes
0: off in a game, uh, it just makes it makes it a bit more sweet. And Daniel, like it, it's great that we're playing a possession game, but something that's frustrating me with our passing, like at stages, we can just be too lateral, and we're on top sometimes. We're just lacking a bit of urgency.
1: Yeah, and there's times like in any and anyone who plays for any team, like I play for a guy team, and we were guilty of when we're winning a game. Just passing the ball backwards instead of going forwards. And you see it countless times. And even in Serbia game, we went one-nil up, and it just felt like anytime we got the ball, we were like, oh, and we kind of sat it, we went back to old habits. So it's important that Kenny's that this training camp of he has got to make sure that we're trying like we are trying to do the right things. And then, like, when you go one-nil up in a game, it feels like then oh, we're kind of just retreat back. And Ireland have always had that problem. Actually, we we score against the run of play against any nation. And park the bus then and eventually concede and we'd wonder what happens if we didn't actually score early on and try and try and uh, seek take our chances nil all with 10 minutes to go as opposed to hanging on to one the lead but the, the, it, it's going to take time like and i just just like kenny's just been in his press conference there on rt and he just said well basically we're forming a very good squad over the next couple of years and i'm certainly going to be part of that and i'm going to manage that and make sure we're even better it just sounds like he was really defiant and i think he probably needs to be said and for people that want kenny out like it's not going to happen this campaign it just can't happen this campaign because we're just going to be left in absolute limbo like the portal the Portugal game is going to be it, it like realistically we're not going to win the portal game and then i think it's serbia and azerbaijan isn't it the next two like look i I'd point to the, the northern ireland case like michael o'neill and the weird parallels with that is azerbaijan and luxembourg were in their 2014 fifa world cup qualifying campaign northern ireland finished uh Basically, second bottom, one point off Luxembourg and uh, behind Azerbaijan, and 14 points off qualifying in second place and or to the playoff round with Portugal. Uh, and they lost to Luxembourg 3 2, and then they drew the 1 all with them in Windsor Park. And the following campaign, Euro 2016, they qualified. Now, it's different in the sense that styles of play. Michael O'Neill wasn't trying to change the way Northern Ireland played, but he was trying to change a few different things. And to League of Ireland manager, he was doing the Shamrock Rovers job, and then he went to Northern Ireland. I just think the parallels are there for us to just give Stephen Kenny a little bit of time here. Um, but back to your point in terms of yeah, it's 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 always been a problem with Ireland, I think. Uh the lateral passes, um, and I think that's something Kenny's trying to drive out of the players. You've got to be brave in the ball. And there's no one braver tonight than Bazunu on the ball. And I think if you if you had you know that kind of caliber of player in each position, like do you know what I mean? He was like Manuel Noir, the competency was shown now. He was overconfidence at times, but that's been like a lot of it was down to the tenderbacks he was passing to weren't used to it. Like I thought, someone like Dara Shea had suited him, but like I said, Shane Duffy struggled. So we've got to kind of instill that in every single player and every single position. But at the moment, we just don't have the personnel. But I think we will in a few years. But if Kenny's not there and we're going back to if Big Sam's in charge of us in two years' time, we're not we're not going to see we're not going to see that. That's what I'm afraid of. Like, and uh, there is a there is a bit of a stuff in the media people trying to get rid of Kenny like just people don't like him it's almost like the face doesn't fit for a few people who uh, would be happy for us to blow 2 million again or 3 million wasn't it or 2 million on Marn O'Neill and 1 million on Roy Keane
2: Uh, I don't
0: know yeah
2: (laughs) just on the urgency like um, against Luxembourg a quick point Um, like we were drawing a little qualifier against a must win qualifier against Luxembourg and like the ball was one out of play and people were taking a breather and just looking around like sprint and get the ball and get it back into play
1: like yeah. if the ball is going over for a corner, like we have to win this game. Like what? What? I don't know. Like, just, that's just, just you. Yeah, just a point on that. I think we as a I I'd say in Europe, I, I don't think there's any team that misses fans more than Ireland. Similar to the Premier League, where I don't as an arsenal myself, I don't think anyone's missed fans more than Liverpool and Anfield. And I think we really miss fans. Like I I don't think we'd have beaten Germany one 0 without fans behind closed doors. Not a chance. Not an absolute chance. Shane Long would have chased that ball. Like that without fans in the in the stadium. Not an, not a chance. So games are different. I, I do think we miss the fans for stuff like that. There's no way we'd have let them away with walking. And I think we'd have helped them in a game like that, and especially with the feel-good factor around Stephen Kenny. Like he hasn't had a game in front of fans yet, which is which is crazy. Is it yeah, he hasn't, yeah. So like it's felt like as I think Dan McDonald said from the independent that it just feels like his whole uh, his whole time in charge of Ireland's been on the internet. So I agree, Keith. it's not good enough for professional footballers to be walking around, but I just think they got, f- for whatever reason, the taxes weren't working and they hit and that's not good enough, but I don't think if there's 50,000 fans in the stadium, which probably won't be for a while, um, granted, that that happens, it just doesn't. So, we yeah. miss the fans as well, us more than anyone, I think.
2: Yeah, like just on that point about Stephen Kenny, like I think, like as you said there, like all his all his reign has been on Twitter, like and on, on social media, Like there's no fans mm-hmm. in stadiums, there's no... Uh, meetings pubs or whatever but uh like i just don't know like if people's opinion can be so swayed by like what they see by, by someone on twitter like and i think like people in the irish media aren't helping like with the stuff they're adding to it like i know uh paul McGraw was saying in the week in some newspaper that he thinks stephen kenny should be sacked like that that is just adding fuel to the fire because people will will value his opinion and, and they'll go they'll go with that so i think like maybe know, he must obviously think that himself, but like people with big figures like that, like I think they should be just backing them, like because they're only they're only uh damaging damaging the the Irish team by by coming out and saying stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and uh, Tony Cascarino had to go as well, but I think it was something like Paul McGrath said that Neil Lennon should be land linked to the job, and that's just crazy, really. But, and See,
1: the, 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 this this is the point. Like, what is the alternative? And people say Neil Lennon to you, and you're like, yeah, you know what. We don't deserve this is why we can't have nice things do you know what i mean like i know it's bad now but don't worry about it neil lennon's in charge of us good luck
0: yeah 100 Um keen as well like the goal we gave away like it's such a hammer blow like straight after half time to concede it yeah
2: yeah definitely like you're thinking 1-0 can we shut up, shop? maybe get another one? But like to start second half like that w- was just awful. And it, it, it was very similar to the goals we conceded against Serbia and Luxembourg. Like, it's just kind of sloppiness in around the box. Like, I think uh, Daryl Shea kind of went in too early and um, one of the midfield players, I'm not sure who it was, was trying to cover him and he just couldn't Molumby get back. Molumbe, was it? Yeah. Mm. He, he just couldn't get back. And I suppose that goes back to the point that we were making about the, the formation. And like Daryl Shea hasn't played that formation um, with West Brom because so I think they're playing a back four at the minute with, with West Brom um, and Shane Duffy hasn't been playing at all so like uh, when you're not playing the same formation with your club and then you go back into international football like them problems are going to be there and like the, uh, that's not really a problem with the schedule or COVID like that is just the nature of international football you don't get to work on those things I think even Pep Guardiola said before, someone asked him about managing Spain before, and he just said he, he probably thinks it wouldn't happen because he's a hands-on manager and he likes to have his players all the time. So you don't have the sessions to work in a formation. and like you, you could say you feel sorry for Stephen Kenny, but it's the same for every international manager um, working on those formations. But yeah, look, we just need to cut out the, the silly mistakes for the goals. Um, like Because like if the team plays through you or someone scores a goal from outside the box top corner, you say, fair enough. But like, I I know you can analyse every goal and say we shouldn't concede that but a lot of ours seem to be just like simple and fixed and, and it's costing us. And just on Shane Duffy for example he, he hasn't
1: played since the 14th of February so it's basically six weeks of not football. I understand sometimes we've had players before that didn't play at all for the clubs I'm trying to remember a few now off the top of my head but, and they would play unbelievable for us I just think that's not Shane Duffy he needs to be playing all the time so for those that wanted them in and the last two games I personally don't have a problem with Kenny not playing him because he hasn't played in six weeks and he's just not been the same man for this season he obviously has had a lot of personal issues as well so like I, there is a phenomenal defender there and I do think he still has a part to play for Ireland if he can get a bit of football next season with a with a championship club get a bit of confidence yeah. and maybe in a big game away to Portugal you can have him in the middle there but yeah, if the likes of the, like like you said, different formations. International management is a lot different to club yeah. management, obviously. And uh, like Kenny's had, he had the two years of the under twenty ones, which I thought I think it is it is important and will stand to him at times like this. Like he knows he only has a certain small window to work with the players. That's where the COVID thing was so frustrating. But uh, I do that training camp in June, it, you know, it could be the making or breaking of us. But um, I really really be promising. Hopefully, something promising comes from that, not just in the the games, but what they work in and on the training ground. So.
0: And as well, um, Daniel, like, we do get chances at the end. Like, Robinson really has to just go for it at his first touch and then Josh Cullen could have nicked it. But, like, it's it's just a side lacking on confidence that couldn't nick the result when when you do look back on it.
1: Yeah, I actually think Robinson was he was definitely our best player against Luxembourg and played well against Serbia. Uh for whatever reason I thought he wasn't great when he came on against, and that was before he had that chance. And I was like, just hit it, just hit it. And he just didn't. And then the it was a it was a great ball, wasn't it? And was it Manning who put the ball in? I'm trying to remember. Christy, who was
2: yeah.
1: yeah, Christy, you're right. Sorry, Christy was. And who I actually thought did okay at the right wing back and Someone like Matt Doherty, if he continues not playing well for Spurs, I'd have no problem with Cyrus Christie starting in that right wing back role if Kenny goes for that back five. But yeah, Cullen's got to score. Uh, it's typifies as the Kenny Rain. What a lift that would be. We'd have celebrated it like a qualifier win, and rightly so because of the pressure they've been on. And of course, we had a straight uh the keeper. So, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's this again, like, the one odd against Serbia, we don't get the penalty. Josh Cullen misses from literally, I've watched it again today. He watched misses it from six yards. It's like, straight the keeper either side one nil and I know that paper's over the cracks but that's what not that we needed for like people that understand that this thing takes time but we needed it for the likes of Paul McGrath to get off Kenny's back just to nick a one nil win or get a, even get a one all draw or a nil all draw and just bounce of the ball doesn't go on our way at the moment despite everything despite everything we've we seen here I know it's hard to say because we, we've zero points from zero points from two isn't it yeah but we could have six from those couple of small incidents so saying it despite everything there is something happening now i know we were awful against luxembourg but we played well against serbia we played really well against the Sh- you know should have got a result there well, we got a draw we should have won the penalty should've, or should have you know try- got a win the, you know despite everything there is a small chink of light there is a small amount of positives but um yeah it it, it it the big thing with kenny now is is that camp in june and how he goes about it, and who does he want to? Does he want someone like Jeff Hendrick, who I thought started the game really well today? at first ten minutes, I was like, wow, it's taking you to get dropped, to finally start playing for the first time in five years since the Euros. Like he's had like a five-year hangover from the Euros, and then he just went missing the rest of the game. It was a typical Jeff Hendrick performance, really. um And it's just, in fairness to him, like he, it hasn't. He's done. All, he played alright for with Burnley, and then played okay for us then. And since he's gone to Newcastle, like in fairness to him, like. He's been playing right mid for Newcastle, I've seen in a 4-4-2, like that that doesn't make sense to me, so in fairness to the lad, um, and the likes of Robbie Brady just can't catch a break with injuries, like another injury, so it depends, does he want to keep those players involved? I think someone like Robbie Brady, he does, and I think the reason he, he didn't start Brady was because of those injuries, and we actually saw it there in the friendly tonight against Qatar that he broke down, basically, so. It's what. What does Kenny want to stick with those young players or not? But yeah, despite everything, we should have been. We should have. Should have been. I don't I whisper it quietly. We should have won all three games. If If you get that header in the last minute, uh, which is. I don't want people taking that the wrong way. I don't actually think we deserve to win against Luxembourg at all. But we still had that chance, and we still could have got the Aaron Conley penalty as well. But yeah, it's just frustrating. The bounces of all aren't going our way either, despite everything. But also, there's a lot of stuff that Kenny needs to get right, and is in-game management terms of substitutions tonight fair enough because it's a uh, friendly but luxembourg he's got to, he's got to see that the back five wasn't working like it doesn't take a tactician or someone to look at it three days later at 60 minutes like something needs to change even if you didn't know what needed to change you'd know probably get rid of the back five but we'll see
0: yeah and gain like a lot of experienced lads starting tonight as we said with them experienced players, do you think any of them now have put their hand up for when Ireland do meet up again?
2: Um, yeah, definitely. Like I think since like like them players wouldn't have been happy with being left out for the important games and having to play a friendly, but like I suppose they're professional footballers and it's a testament to their attitude like that they they were were on that plane and they played. But um, like Duffy, like there was, there was so much talk about Duffy and his form at Celtic and how I, I know Kenny was saying before that the first game that you know he's never let Ireland down but he, he still didn't pick him and in fairness he didn't he he didn't let him down and he's never let him down um it, it depends what formation you're playing like I, I think Duffy has always nearly playing in the back four um and in fairness he hasn't let Ireland down and he's a big threat at set pieces so I think he he's certainly put his hand up for for when the next games come around but l- like we were saying John Egan it, it is nearly a start to come back into the team so like will he will he be first shot I'm not sure um Shane Long is an interesting one. Like he he played he played very well there tonight, um. He, he does offer something different, you know. He he's been there in international football. Um, I think he was he, he's played nearly ten years in the Premier League, and um, which is you don't see many Irish players doing that these days, um. And it, look, he probably won't get much game time. Like when, when I seen him going out on loan to Bournemouth, I was like, yeah, that's a good move for him. But then he, he just hasn't got any games. He, he scored a couple of goals, but he's just been on the bench. Uh, Dominic Slanke is their main man. He scored a lot of goals, so. Uh, it's going to be difficult for him to get back in. Maybe if he's not playing, um. But but as we were saying earlier, like it's not as if we have world beaters up front. Like the roles just aren't going in, and um, like I, I don't know if you can say it to the players or not, but like uh, like we're not going to put hard. Like you know, so like th- this next camp can it be about like can Stephen Kenny can you say to Aaron Connolly right you're my striker you're going to play the next five ten international games you know. Because as a striker, you need confidence. Like when when Aaron Connolly gets put into the team, it's like a, it's like a Brighton. When he doesn't play and he comes into the team, you're like, right, I have to do something amazing here, or I'm going to be on the bench next week. But I think if uh, if you say it to him, you're going to play the next ten games. Like pressure's off the back, he can just play himself. Um, so that's what the next camp has to be about. You know, can we nail down the formation? Can you say it to one of the goalkeepers? You know, Kelleher, or whoever you're, you're my goalkeeper for for my my tenure as Ireland manager. Can he put that confidence in them? And uh, you know, can we find that a pair in the midfield? Um, like, because realistically, look, Portugal, and Serbia are on plus seven points. Um, we're on zero. Like, even that point, Serbia got off Portugal. Like, that would be one on paper that we wouldn't think they got. They would get. Like, so it's just an absolute disaster. And uh, I suppose it's about not finished in bottom of the group here. Like, Luxembourg and Azerbaijan have shown that they're no pushovers. Like, so yeah. I think even like, if, can we finish third? Like, is that terrible to be saying? But uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, just on, um, yeah, it'd be be interesting. Like, Dwarden Ireland, as I said, finished fifth out of sixth in their group. So, realistically, if we're kind of following that pattern, unfortunately, I think we could possibly finish fourth or fifth. Uh, One thing just Kenny in his, his press conference is he's just kind of said, like, he's kind of had a hit back at the media just literally a few minutes ago. Like, I've experienced a lot in my life. It doesn't hurt me because, you know what, I don't care. I know what I'm doing. I have real clarity in what I'm trying to implement. Some people have turned quickly. Maybe that's to be expected, so. It's interesting that he's come out kind of fighting. Um, he's obviously not happy with some of the coverage that's uh, happened. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, one thing just, you mentioned Keane in, in the goalkeeping situation. It's very, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Randolph isn't going to be involved and he's going to go either between Kelleher and Bezunu because the two of those keepers suit what Kenny's trying to do where Darren Randolph's never had to do that for Ireland. Like, he was the man like to take the Germany goal against, with uh, Shane Long is a perfect example. He's great at booting and He's got some boot on him, hits it seventy eighty yards. I don't think he's great passing the ball. So I think with that injury for Randolph, I think you could see Keller and Bazunu um, maybe being involved in June with a view to one of them being involved against Portugal.
0: Yeah, that could that could definitely happen. But um, I suppose if we're to just look briefly at the League Island, um Keen, you're watching there been helped and uh Dog, like, and what a win for Herbs now, like top of the table, as well. It's just mental, like,
2: yeah, it is mad. Yeah, like, not many would have predicted that result. Um, I think Adam Foley was the hero again, he scored the winner against uh Bowles last week and then got the two goals. But uh, I think Dundalk reverted to a back four and um, it was probably forced on them rather than by choice. So, we're missing a couple of players. Um, but they had the better the opening half, like, they had long spells of possession without really threatening and um, you know they had a penalty show a half penalty show a couple of couple of chances but not not really clear-cut uh michael duffy was probably their, their brightest spark yeah he was switching between the right and left wing he was very lively but um you know the goal to Puffin harps in the league was a bit bizarre like uh the donald goalie uh took took a heavy touch from a back pass and it, he was just assessing his options and he went to clear it up the field and he was closed down and blocked back into his own net and you could see by the reaction from the, the uh to the Dundalk players, it's just a terrible goal to concede, and it just sucked the life out of Dundalk after having played and started the game so well. But um, uh, Ryan O'Kane came on at half time for Dundalk, the, uh, the youngster, and he was very impressive. And um, he he won the free kick that led to the equaliser for Dundalk was a header from from home, and um and Dundalk went on top again, and uh Finn Harps just hit them on the break, and it was actually a very good advantage from the referee because. It looked like a Finn Harp's was fouled, and it was a bit of an elbow as well. It looked quite nasty, and like the ref could have stopped it and gave gave the card, um, but he let it go. And uh, Foley just held his run. The Do- the Knock players tried to step up, and he just timed it perfectly and, and started it away. Um, and then look, Harps just defended manfully then and, and seen it out. But uh, like the, the scenes at the final whistle, like uh, Harps are absolutely delirious. Like they they were going mad. I think it was their first win against the Knock since 2007. I seen so probably uh, justify them and they had Dundalk 1.06 it's a, a bad start and the pressure is certainly on
0: yeah and even like with Shamrock Rovers coming up for Dundalk now this weekend and Shamrock Rovers both of them now on one point I suppose Rovers not having played last weekend but like Daniel I don't know what you've made of the Dundalk management fiasco like we've been talking to different people about it but it's it's just crazy, I suppose, for one of the top sides in the League of in the last few years. Yeah, it's just like
1: they obviously had the heights of you know getting to the Europa League a few years back. And it just feels like since then they've done everything to sabotage, self-sabotage themselves. And and despite everything, they somehow managed to get to the Europa League. Um and I, and as a like I support Arsenal in the Premier League. So we took like Dundalk played well at times <laughs> against Arsenal as well. That's the thing. They have the players there, but it's the self kind of sabotage. And it's amazing, like like you mentioned just there, that rovers I know Rovers have only played one game, but the two sides on Friday night now are sitting on one point after two games. Where like last season the league was nearly over after three or four games with Rovers. Um so yeah, Dundalk can managed to beat them now and open up the whole league would be great. But yeah, just in terms of Dundalk, like it's just it just like the the ownership, there's a lot going on in the club. Like I know Dan McDonald's done a few good investigation pieces in the independent and stuff, but uh, it's it's self-sabotage, isn't it? And it's just like like they're just trying, tr- 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 like they've they 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 such a still have still have a good squad there, and it just feels like for whatever reason they just I managed whatever they're not quite getting at it, like you know.
0: Yeah, Sligo Rovers bet Waterford in two-one. Waterford went ahead king Keen Kevin ahead early on, and then two spectacular goals from Sligo. I'm not sure if you see them, Daniel um Jerome Rollo- yeah. and uh the one that the the, the one that they, they, yeah it was unbelievable and it's great
1: that because of watch uh, LOI now the clips are on Twitter straight away either through RT's account or club's account or whatever and it just like it helps the league of Ireland grow so much because there's always been that stigma for the league of Ireland for years and years and years and it's finally. Um, like I thought COVID came obviously COVID is a stupid thing to say in a way but COVID came at the wrong time for the league because there was a buzz around the league people were going to matches it just felt like I don't know if that was reflected in the attendance or not but like I know Bowes because of Daily Mount Park it was a sellout because they could only get 3,000 people in but still the buzz of like sellout 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 for Bowes Rovers, sellout for Bows against Derry and there was just that buzz around the league and it's great that's been picked up again because of watch LOI and there's been a few unbelievable goals in the League of Ireland and we're obviously talking about Irish football here with Stephen Kenny and stuff, and we need a strong League of Ireland. That's obviously not gonna happen overnight. So to have watch LOI, people kind of stream service. Um, I know it didn't go great in terms of like, in terms of RTE and they might've incurred some costs, but it's great that it kept it going this year. Clubs need it. Uh, there's a few staggered kickoffs now. Like for example, like if you wanted to, you could watch Longford Sligo at 5.45, you can watch Rovers Dundalk at 7.45 on, fr- on Friday, and then you've got a choice of games on Saturday. Um, I almost feel like they should stagger those games as well because of no fans, but it's great. The quality of the League of Ireland is improving. The there's more fans involved. Like I think I think even picking out Bohemians, for example, the, the work they're doing behind the scenes on, on social media, you know, um, partnering with, you know, I know they actually spoke out about the human rights issue in Qatar as well, like the, the way they're growing their club. Uh, it's building that brand and it's belonging to the area there. Um, it's just brilliant, and like you said, some of the goals, like the Sligo goals there last week, were just you won't you won't get a better goal anywhere. And it's great that we had that clip to share. And I know that's like a, a thing, like it's only Twitter, but like yeah, I think you picked up nearly a thousand likes on RT. You know what I mean? A small one percent the League of Ireland needs to keep uh, doing and keep developing the league because there was a stigma years ago, and I think that's slowly subsiding now. And I think people are jumping on the League of Ireland bandwagon, which is brilliant.
0: Yeah, and like two unreal goals and Sligo are definitely building something special this year with Ian Buckley and like young Johnny Kenny as well. He's only seventeen and he looks top class really. Um but can you watching Bowes and Longford as well? Like Daniel mentioned there there's a lot going into Bows this year through social media and everything, and we're we're expecting something big and they went up two 0 against Longford and then lost two all. Like, where did it all go wrong for them?
2: I don't know. I, I'd say they're still wondering. Um, I think Boz will be kicking themselves, you know, to, to let a two-goal lead slip. Uh, so late in the game, like it's just, just it's, it's inexcusable, really. And I think Shane Dawson was saying last week we were posing the question: Could Boz challenge for the league? As was this, he was proven right. Maybe if they if they're gonna let a two-goal lead slip to Longford, you know, they might have much chance of keeping pace with Rovers and that. But um, yeah, like they took the lead after twenty minutes. Um, Liam Burke put in a good cross, and it, it was tucked home. But um, like it could have been three or four nil to balls. To be honest, like had some great chances. Uh, the Langford goalie, Lee D C, brought off some some great saves. Um, and then uh, Tierney, the teenager, finally uh, made a two nil to Bowles, And you, you thought it was just going to be a, a stroll home from there. Like Langford did play better in the second half. But like they only came into it um, really with about twenty minutes to go. Like Connor Davis came off the bench and he, he just inspired the whole team. Like when he came on, they it, it, it just seemed to have more belief. Um, like his first goal was class. He uh showed great close control. He danced past a couple of players and uh, put it in from a tight angle. And then uh, the second goal was a from Callum Warfield and he he just found himself uh, free at the back post to poke it in. Um, so like what a start for Longford as well? Like I mean, we were only ten last week. That the last time they came up, they were Rock Bottom and fourteen points or something. So like four points out of six is a uh, is not bad after being newly promoted, but uh yeah, boys will definitely feel that was it was two points dropped rather than, than one game for them.
0: Yeah, Pat's bet draw had it in later on with a winner um lay on. But I suppose they found a way, and like under Stephen O'Donnell, they do look a great side. Um this year, I suppose the fourth choice Liverpool keeper coming in mm-hmm. on loan has been massive for them. But nearly thinking myself, Daniel, that like with the way the league's going. It could be a bit of a long shot here, but I definitely do think Pats could be even competing this year towards the top of the table. Yeah, like
1: and like like we touched the top, like the Rovers and Dundalk playing. Like if Dundalk managed can take Rovers, and I always remember like even going back to like if you're a lead team, even when I used to play, and you'd had like oh we're, we're only two points off top, but we've three games in hand. The games in hand catches up, catches up on you because then you have to play three or three games in a week, and Rovers are on one point out of one. You know, Dundalk can get something out of them, and Pats, like you said, can they're on four points now. It it just all it takes is if you can just build yourself a buffer. Now contradicting all that, I do think Rovers have by far the best squad in the league, and I do think they'll they'll end up walking the league pretty pretty handy. Like they have a serious team, and and as we touched on top of the show, I think the league while the league doesn't need it, I think. An overall picture in terms of European success as well. I do think they need Shamrock Rovers to be in the next couple of Champions Leagues to get themselves up to that level because it's very hard for League of Ireland sides. Like, for example, like if, if you win the, the League of Ireland, you're not playing your qualifier Champions League for like, what is it, like, you know, six, seven months, maybe longer. And you're not the same team you were, especially in the League of Ireland, where a lot of times you're losing players because they move on or whatever. So I do hope, I actually hope for the, the long term of european success from the league of ireland that rovers do uh win the league again because it means they can build on two or two or three successful champions league campaigns and maybe maybe get to a, a game where they're one game off a of group stage or whatever but yeah it's saying all that though if, if pats like they're on four points they're away to bose like that's a massive game already isn't it like and it just feels like it's just so many like big games because of the slow start rovers have gotten off to even though they've only played one game the, the fact that they did—they—it just sounds like mental. But you, you're you're taking on it's like the whole league against Rovers here, and um, that's the, yeah. I definitely think if you can get build yourself a buffer like Stranger Things, absolutely. But I do think Rovers squad like it's just absolutely phenomenal compared to like the likes of past the likes of Bose. They're just a level below, and it's amazing like even Bowers to uh, I know they were like a good bit off Rovers in the end, but even competing with them at the start of the season made it a bit of a title race with them. Off from Rovers at the start of the season, anyway. Um, but yeah like I said if you can just build that four or six point buffer who knows but yeah it's stranger things definitely
0: yeah uh, another full round to come this weekend in the Premier Division and the first division to look forward to